There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, it is Friday on the podcast. We are thankful for the good week the Lord has given us. We I've been here at the house, my family and I, and we've been settled in from our long trip to North Carolina and uh, still getting unpacked, still getting things put together. Of course, you're hearing this on Friday, recording this on Wednesday, so hopefully by Friday, by the time you hear this, we've gotten things a little bit more organized. We'll be starting Vacation Bible School. That's going to be coming up here next week in Blaine, Pennsylvania at 6.30 each night and up through, I think it's ages about 4 through 14, something like that. And if you know someone would like to attend, let us know. And always have a good Bible school. Got a lot of things prepared. And uh, we usually have quite a few young people come out for that. And so we'll be over in Blaine starting Sunday night through Wednesday night next week. And would you pray for our vacation Bible school? Not long hence, then we will be at family camp out in western Pennsylvania. Looking forward to being with our dear friend, Brother R.G. Rose and his family and Brother Harvey and the folks there at the church and got some visitors coming in. And so we thank the Lord for family camp coming up. Pray about that if you would. And uh, we've just seen some unusual things in these days. We're asking God to continue the work that he's begun, asking God to continue to work amongst us. Now, yesterday I dealt a little bit with the waters. I dealt a little bit with the deep and the face of the deep. And I, I didn't want to get too far into it. I felt like I kind of buried myself in that. Um, there's some things I have understanding of that it's very hard to convey because uh, standard practice of most religion would deny the word of God and reject the word of God. Uh, they don't want to see what Lord says about the waters and about the face and the face of the deep. But we just believe what God says. And so the important thing to understand in this podcast is when we look at that, we're looking at part of the judgment of Jesus Christ. And verse 1, and again, this is a Messianic Psalm, Psalm 69 it's the chief musician upon Shoshonim, a psalm of David. And the word of God tells us this, Save me, O God, for the waters are coming unto my soul. So there it is, those waters we mentioned yesterday. It's important to understand that. We've never really dealt with that explicitly on the podcast, and this is the first time we've really looked at that greatly. Uh, but we see that several times in Messianic Psalms. And in verse 2, he says, I sank in deep mire. Uh, where there is no standing. I am coming to deep waters where the floods overflow me. He said in verse 14, deliver me out of the mire and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me and out of the deep waters. And so there's deep waters. Again, they're more than just allegory. They're more than just a typology. Uh, The floods of ungodly men, the deep waters, we realize there's times that's just picture. There's times that's type. But for the most part, the reality is it's the terror of floods, the terror of waters, the terror of a place where God is not. Yet God has judged his son. There's Jesus Christ, God in flesh, and there he is. 
and his soul has been made an offering for sin. And there he is in the deep. And there he is in deep trouble. There he is with ungodly men. There he is being judged for sin. And the psalmist points it out that to us. And part of the reason for that, when the Apostle Paul said how Jesus Christ died for our sins, he added that great statement of the inspiration of God according to the Scriptures. And we must believe that Jesus Christ died according to the Scriptures, was buried according to the scriptures, and rose again according to the scriptures. And one of the scriptures is Psalm 69. If this is not Jesus Christ here, then we would have no concern about that. But we know it's Jesus Christ. We can prove this Jesus Christ. And so therefore, Jesus Christ had to die according to this scripture. He had to be buried according to this scripture. And so the Word of God tells us these things that we might have understanding of him, knowledge of Jesus Christ. That deep mire, some would say it's clay, some would say it's quicksand, some would say it's just that mud you can't get out of. I used to uh, wade when I fished. I'd wade in large rivers, not deep rivers, but wide rivers. And oftentimes you're on the backside of an island where the silt has deposited for years. There's been several years since they've had a flood and you'll get in the deep mire. And uh, that nasty, stinky, rotten, there's times you wonder if you're going to get out. There's times if you didn't have a friend, I would have been nervous. Uh, there's times I've lost shoes in there. And so you get in that deep mire, and it's no different than what he's speaking about here. And there uh, in the deep water, there's mire. It sucks you down. It's, it makes a pull on you. There's no relief. There's no help. And so he said in this, he said, I am weary of my crying. Now we know all through the scripture, we've looked at Jesus Christ looked at the Psalms. He's a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. But he said, he's wearied of his crying. My throat is dried. Mine eyes fail while I wait for my God. And by the way, that is the faith of Jesus Christ. He's waiting for God. He is waiting for God to deliver him. He is waiting for God to resurrect him. And that is his faith. We see that. While I wait for my God, he's waiting for God to do something. He's waiting for a miracle from God. He's waiting for God to show himself mighty in power. And he's waiting on the Lord. And Isaiah said on this wise, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. What's going to happen? Jesus Christ is going to be delivered. How is he going to be delivered? He shall mount up with wings as the eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Why? God's going to deliver him. And God's going to have him walk again in the land of the living. God is again going to put his feet on this earth, and he's going to resurrect him from the grave. And he's waiting on that promise of God. He believes God. They that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of mine head. And by the way, that has not changed. Jesus Christ is still hated. They hate him without cause. They hate him because he's holy. They hate him because he stands in the way of their sin. They hate him because he stands against them. They hate him because he stands against their ways and their doctrines and their ideals and their lifestyle. They that would destroy me, being mine enemies wrongfully, are mighty. Then I restored that which I took not away. O oh God, thou knowest my foolishness, and my sins are not hid from thee. He's been made sin. He's been made a fool. And what a remarkable thing that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ would be made a fool for us. All of my foolishness was laid upon him. All of my foolish deeds, my foolish thoughts, my foolish responses, my foolish words were laid upon him. He was made sin for us. All of my ungodliness was laid upon the Son of God. Let them not that wait on thee, O Lord God of hosts, be ashamed for my sake. 
Let not those that seek thee be confounded for my sake, O God of Israel. What is he saying there? He's saying, because I'm in this condition, because I'm in this place where I'm now being judged for sin and I'm waiting on God and my sins are not hid, my foolishness has been exposed. He said, Lord, don't be ashamed for my sake. And then he said, let not those that seek thee be confounded for my sake, O God of Israel. He's taken upon him the iniquity of us all. And those that are seeking him, those that are searching for Jesus Christ, when they see him in the pit, when they see him as an offering for sin, when they see his soul has been offered, he said, Lord, don't let them be confounded for my sake, O God of Israel. Don't let them see me in the pit and be confounded. Know that I did this for them. Know that I did this because I love them. Know that I did this because I cared about their soul. Know that I did this to be an offering for sin. It was deliberate. It's not confusing. It was willful. It was my will. And when I said to the Father, that's not my will, but thy will be done, God has done his will, and God has judged me. And don't let that confound those that seek me early, O Lord, because for thy sake, in verse 7, I have borne reproach. Shame hath covered my face. and become a stranger unto my brethren and an alien to my mother's children. We've talked about that in earlier Psalms. He's a stranger to his own kin. He's a stranger to his own mother. He said, here is an alien unto his mother's children. And by the way, they came to Calvary and they stood afar off and saw Jesus Christ close enough that he could speak to John about his own mother and speak to John concerning these things. But he still became a stranger. They didn't know who he was. They didn't recognize him. His visage was marred more than any man. And yet he was the son of Mary. Yet he was the brother of James. And yet they see him and they don't know him. He's a stranger to them. He's now sin. He's no longer holy. He's an unclean thing. He's vile before them. They don't know this man on the cross at Calvary. This is not the man that they dwelt with for 33 years on this earth. This is a stranger to them. And he said in verse 9, For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. When I wept, and chastened my soul with fasting, that was to my reproach. When he wept in the garden, I believe that's what he's speaking of there, when he fastened, he chastened his soul with fasting. Why, he knows his soul is going to be offered. And he chastens his own soul. He said it was a reproach. And that's hard to understand or comprehend that Jesus Christ, even as he fasted, became a reproach to himself. And there in the garden as he his soul, he committed his soul to the Father to do as he would with his soul. And he committed it to him to be judged and to have on him the iniquity of us all laid. And I made sackcloth also my garment, and I became a proverb to them. They that sit in the gates speak against me, and I was the song of the drunkards. What an awful thought. There he is, the Son of God, dying for us. And he became the song of the drunkards. I believe they would sing these psalms in their drunkenness. I believe they would sing these psalms of Jesus Christ in their drunkenness and mock. They could see, by the way, drunkards see things that nobody else sees. Drunkards see things that no other man sees. And I believe they could see just enough in the songs they sang to see him, a reproach, a byword, a curse. And they could see him as he bare the shame and bare the horror because of being made sin for us and the drunkards would sing those songs and they'd sing these psalms and mock him and, and cast in his teeth. And, for he said this, and I became a proverb 
to them. They that sit in the gates speak against me, and I was the song of the drunkards. They would write proverbs to warn their children to not be like this man. They would write proverbs to tell their children, don't you want to be like that? You don't want to be like this man. And they would sing these psalms and mocking him and scoffing at him. And yet the very songs they sang were about him and they couldn't see it because they were drunken, because they were drunken and foolish. And they could not see that he was indeed the son of God, that he indeed was the lamb of God, that he was dying according to the scriptures. But as for me, my prayer is unto thee, O Lord. So again, it doesn't matter what they do. My prayer is unto thee, O Lord, in an acceptable time. O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me in the truth of thy salvation. And all through these messianic psalms, we saw that the Lord heard him when he cried. When his cry came into his holy temple, the Lord heard him. When he cried the agony of his soul, the Lord heard him. When he cried unto God, God heard him. And God came down and visited his son. And God resurrected his son. And God restored his son. And God brought him out of that grave after three days and three nights of lying in the grave. God brought him forth and reunited that soul, that body, that spirit. And he was a resurrected Savior. Then God ascended him on high for you and for I. And it's there today that he's making intercession for us. It's there today that he is a propitiation for our sins and not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. I mean, verse 14, deliver me out of the mire. God did so. God did deliver him out of the mire. He's no longer sinking. He's no longer sinking down. He's no longer drowning in despair. And let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me and out of the deep waters. God has done so. In verse 15, let not the water flood overflow me. Neither let the deep swallow me up. And let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. I want to stop there today in verse 15, because to be honest, next week, I'd like to start with the pit. And I believe it's important for us to understand the pit. It's there that Jesus Christ's feet were falling. It's there that he could not touch the bottom. It's there in the pit that Jesus Christ got the keys of death and of hell. And so I'd like to just talk about the pit a little bit on Monday in the podcast with the Lord's help and then continue on in Psalm 69. I hope you have a good weekend. Pray for us in the house of God. Pray for the folks over in Monout, to the Monout to Bible Baptist Church. Uh, we'll be over there Sunday morning with Brother Dale Morey, Brother Ronnie Skolted. We're going to have an outdoor service, a public service in the local park there at the pavilion, trying to get folks to come. And so would you pray for those services on Sunday? And then Sunday night, we'll begin Vacation Bible School in Blaine. Pray for the local preachers. Pray for your church. Pray for your pastor. Pray for the house of God. Pray the sinners will be converted this week. Have a great weekend. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, 
And we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption all at night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness are singing The glorious song of the redeemed